Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today, that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CBC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram, and you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. We're going to get into God's Word this morning, and I'm excited about it. I wanted to, as we've been reading through, if you've been reading through the, the book, uh, the Bible, the book. You've been reading through the Bible with us, like I call the book. Um, we've been reading through the Old Testament, uh, and we're in the book of Deuteronomy now, and uh, we're uh, very close to concluding it. I think today was the chapter 31 was the end of today's reading, and so uh, the the Deuteron- Deuteronomy is the is the fifth of five books. So that's the Torah or the book of the law. We've been right in the smack dab in the middle of it. And since Easter's only a couple weeks away, I thought, why should I wait to talk about the cross of Jesus? And why do I got to wait till Easter? I'm going to talk about it today because as we were reading through Deuteronomy, I saw Jesus. And I continue to see Jesus as we read through the Old Testament. And I'm excited about sharing what God is speaking to us through these ancient texts that are still relevant and alive and speaking to us today. Amen? Are you grateful for the Word of God today? We're going to jump into it. The part we've, we've, This last week of our reading, we've read through uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 all the way through. You read today chapter 31 of Deuteronomy. That's a lot of chapters. There's a lot of content in there. But as I read a couple of these chapters, something spoke to me. The Holy Spirit pointed out to me Jesus, and I want to share with us today. So we're going to be looking at chapter 23 in Deuteronomy, and then we're going to jump back to chapter 21. And there's a few verses that we're just going to highlight in some of those areas. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Start with Deuteronomy chapter 23, and we'll go from there. If you have a version Bible app, if you have a smartphone or a device that you can have, the version Y-O-U version Bible app, uh, if you don't have that, get that. If you do have it, click on that, open up the More tab, uh, events will pop up, and then you'll see Central Valley Church, and you'll have the, the scripture there for you, and notes, uh, and questions to follow along with. So as you're doing that, let me pray for us this morning. Every head bowed, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through, uh, to us today. We thank you that you've already spoken to us through tongues and interpretation, preparing our hearts to receive what you have for us, to trust only in you, Jesus. And I pray, God, that we would hear that word as it's spoken now through your word to us. God, let these be your words, not the words of a man, but the words of God speaking to our hearts. God, work in us and only what you can do, God. Allow your word to correct us, to convict us, to heal us as we submit our lives to the authority of your word. Come Holy Spirit, we're ready for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to ask a couple questions. The first one is this. Do you know anybody who's exceedingly lucky? Like just the luckiest person. Do you have anybody in your life like that? Like if you're both walking down the street, they're going to find a $20 bill and you're probably going to step in dog poop, you know? You have anybody who's just like, how does it always happen? That, you know, like if you're trying to get somewhere and they're going to meet you there, they get all green lights and you always hit the red lights. It's like, man, just so you're always just, they're just, it just seems like things always work out for them. They always have such luck. That, that, I have that person in my life. He ha- happens to be here this morning. It's my brother, Chris. My brother Chris is one of the luckiest guys I know. I mean, he's blessed with good looks. He, he saves money on hair care products. <laughs> I said that joke in first service, and I thought it was good, so I did it again. It's like, I thought it was good. He just, he's, a, he's, ble- he's a blessed man. 
and he, he just, he has some lucky streaks in him. Like, he, he'll, uh, you know, he'll have, like, raffles or stuff at work, and he'll put in, like, he'll buy one ticket, and he'll win the biggest prize. Everyone else is buying hundreds of tickets. He, I'm like, what did you do? He's like, I, I just bought one as I was passing by. I was like, ah, why not? He got it. Boom. He's the winner. He's the grand prize winner. It's happened a couple times. He, he's uh, also, he, he used to collect baseball cards and basketball cards. And if you have ever done that, you know that there, sometimes there are highly collectible cards and rare cards in there. And he'll go in and say, I'll just buy a pack. And he'll find a rare one-of-one, one, like rookie LeBron James or some, I don't know, Kobe Bryant, that people are like, we need that card. We've been searching for it. And he's like, I literally just walked in and opened a pack. You know what I mean? That's, it's a luck that it's just like, wow, so awesome. I'm always telling him, let me hang out with you. And let me just chip in. You know, if you're going to buy a ticket or something, let me just give you a couple bucks and so I can tag on to it. You know, I get to have it on weekends or something, you know, your prize. It's just lucky. So I'm sure if you don't have a lot of those people, maybe you might have the, the opposite. Do you know anybody who's exceedingly unlucky? Do you know anybody who's just super unlucky? You're, are you that person, Gloria? Wow. <laughs> just, you know, if something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to that person. Right? It's just... If something's going to break down, it's going to be their car that's going to break down. It's going to be their, their stove that goes out. It's going to be, uh, they're going to get the flat tire. Like, they're so unlucky that if they get a flat tire and a, a cop happens to see him and pulls over, he recognizes that their taillight's out and writes him a ticket. You know what I mean? That, that kind of like, how does this happen? I w- you're supposed to help me. And I, why am I, yeah, exactly, Sam, you know what I'm talking about. Couple, man, pray for Sam, all right? He, he's got issues with uh, cops pulling him over. Anyway. <laughs> Sometimes we just know, we know some people who are just like exceedingly unlucky, and it's like, wow. I've even had conversations with people who've had such bad luck time and time again, over and over again. They're like, man, it's like I'm under a curse. Have you ever had anybody say that before? I feel like I'm cursed. Like, nothing works out in my favor. It's just something's going on. Somebody got a hex on me or something. There's something weird going on where I feel like this is always bad stuff happening to me. All this negativity, all this junk. What's going on? I've had conversations. With people, And the fact is, the reality is that there are real curses in our world. There are real things that are affecting people that are supernatural and, and we don't even know about it. We don't really recognize it sometimes. See, there, there's, uh, there's one that the, the Bible talks a bit about. It's called generational curses. And sometimes we, 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 we maybe over-spiritualize that and we think like, man, it's just, you know, this is what it is. But sometimes it's just as simple as that. Like your grandfather was an abusive alcoholic who beat your grandmother and, and your parents. And because of that negative effect in their lives, because they didn't have a father who was loving and caring and protective, it affected them deeply. And now they're trying to raise you, but yet they've got some broken chunks in their heart. And it's causing, and that sin of the father is now affecting the grandchildren and maybe even the great-grandchildren. Sometimes a generational curse is as simple as that. There is brokenness, there is abuse, there is neglect, there's addiction in our past that is because of, of, of their choices it is now trickling down to us. Sometimes I've even heard generational curses just like, uh, I'm Irish, so I'm angry. Get out of my way. You know, don't push my buttons. I'm Puerto Rican. You know? You mess with the bull, you get the horns. You know what I mean? Sometimes people just stay, and as we laugh about it, and yet when people, people are exploding off the handles, and they're just like, look, it's just part of my lineage. It's part of my heritage. It's part of who I come from. You're like, if, that's, if you're going to deal with me, you're going to have to deal with all the junk that make, makes me this way. And these are real things. These are real stuff that happens in people's lives. And, 
issues like anger and addiction and abuse and broken homes and poverty and all these things that still affect us. And we think this is like a curse on my life. And the question we are asking is, how do we get free from that? How is that broken? What do we do? I mean, there are I'm talking to my buddy Shane, who's in Mexico, and he's dealing with people who are, are are, are dealing with real witchcraft. And issues where witches and warlocks and, you know, their uh, uh, witch doctors in the town are trying to put hexes and curses on people, thinking they're in partnership with, with demons that are on good side, so they're trying to curse people, so they're not blessing, they're not prosperous, they're trying to come against them. These things are happening, and sometimes in America we're like, that doesn't happen, we're scientific and rational, and yet there's some real stuff that's going on even uh, in, in America and even in our town and in this community and, and things are really, people are trying to get, uh, our people are getting messed with by the demonic stuff. And it happens. And there's even the universal curse. And that, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, we are all born under a universal curse. It's called the curse of sin. It affects all of creation. Every man, woman, and child have bo- been born under this curse of sin that binds us and that we are not free from it as we're born into it. It's something that affects all of creation when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sought their own way. It brought a curse on us. And if we're talking about curses, we need to really talk about the interesting ways that I've been reading and researching as I was preparing this message on ways that people think they can break curses. It's interesting. In, in fact, I, uh, as I was sharing this at first service, uh, right between the transition, uh, a, a guy who I like to call my cousin, Davey, was here. And he was saying, man, right, and you're talking about this stuff, about how people try to break things off their lives. We were, uh, they, they sell honey, and they're at, a, they're at a, um, a boutique selling their honey. And right across the way was another person who was selling crystals and saying, if you just buy a crystal and you hold the crystal, you rub the crystal, it'll take your anxiety and your stress away. Because they're under the curse uh, of anxiety, and they're looking for a solution, and they're looking to crystals. And I was reading this, uh, these articles online because there's such a need for it that people are looking for answers to break this negative stuff off their life and curses and issues that they're having, this anxiety and worry and fear, and they're looking for solutions. And some of these websites, it says, one of them says, you need to take a special bath with herbs and spices. And I was like, why? Cut out the middleman. Just go to KFC and get yourself a bucket of chicken <laughs> and rub those herbs and spices all over your face. No curse will be messing with you, you know what I mean? That's what I thought when I read that. I was like, really? Can I bathe in some uh, herb, 21 herbs and spices? Is it 21? Whatever it is. It sounds delicious. Maybe after church. So there's some of that that I read. There's, a, there's stuff that, like, um, you can make a doll of yourself. And if somebody's put you under a curse, you can make a doll, and you say, I've created you to take away the negative things off my life, and you just put that doll in the corner, and all the curses go after this doll. That's crazy. And yet people are believing this and seeking after it, not knowing that its roots in voodooism and, and all of these other junk and uh, Eastern mysticism that people are buying into, looking for solutions to break stuff off their lives. I tell you what, if I made a doll, no curse would mess with that. That thing would be the ugliest doll in the whole world. <laughs> if that was the solution, y'all, I would just make you a doll of myself for you to protect you because the devil would be like, never mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want that. But people are doing these things, and, and even to the point where people are, are, uh, are buying, buying these things and buying crystals and, and, and burning incense to purify their auras and, and buying, putting protective rocks and crystals on their phones. And I was talking to somebody, they said, we got a rock on my phone, and 
I said, why, why is that? So I don't want negative phone calls. I don't want negative people calling me. And I said, I have a better solution. Just turn your phone off. <laughs> you don't have to deal with a rock on your phone, you know, weird. But people are doing these things, and the, and, and, and the reason for it is because they see the realness of evil in our world, but they don't know how to be protected from it. They don't know the solution to it. They know it's real. They want good things, but they don't know how to get it for themselves, so they start looking for every other area. And New Age religion and New Age stuff is coming in to our society in droves, and it's acceptable because people are looking for an answer. This is stuff that you even see. We watch HTV, HGTV a lot, and you see people who are redesigning their houses, and they're worried about feng shui. Anybody heard about feng shui? Feng shui. It's where you have to lay out your furniture in a certain way and how you design things in a certain way to welcome positive things and push out negative things. You know, if you, have, if you, if, if you don't have a water feature in your kitchen, then your family, you're going to have arguments a lot because there's a lot of fire in your kitchen. You need a water feature in there to calm things down. That's weird. I don't need that. The Holy Spirit can walk through my furniture. You know what I mean? It's not going to get tripped up if my couch is not in the perfect entry level way, you know. Because there's, there's people that are searching for solutions to the problems they face, and they're putting their hopes in other things because they don't know where to look. People that are trusting in these issues, and, and we laugh at some of these things. We're like, that's crazy, but y'all, I know some of your families. And some of this stuff has been in your family. You don't even recognize it. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe you have somebody, maybe your grandmother or somebody else who said, Look, if you're sick or if you've been having nightmares, you're not having rest, you've got illness in your body, what you need to do is grab yourself an egg and put it under your bed. Yeah. Put it, get an egg, put it under the bed, put it in a bowl of water or some sand. And uh, as you sleep, if you're going to be healed, that egg's going to change colors and you're gonna, you know that you're, you're healed or you're going to sleep better. Yeah, some of you all are laughing because you know your grandma's been doing it to you. She's been telling you, here's the issue. It's witchcraft, y'all. It, you're putting your trust in something else to, to provide for you the solution you're really looking for. And this stuff has been a part of our families, and it, sometimes it's just really innocent, and yet it's drawing our attention away from the very one who said he's the solution for the things that ail us. And we put our hope in other things. And these things have been, been coming in and our lives and is becoming more prevalent in our society because people are fearful and they're wanting a solution to the issues they're facing. They understand there's evil in the world and they're wondering, how do I protect myself from it? What I've, what I've noticed about some of these new age things or even the egg under the bed is that uh, they usually, it usually involves something or someone absorbing the curse or driving it away from us. But the problem is those things don't have any power in themselves or the ability to break anything off of our lives. Some amulet I hang around my neck or some bracelet I wear is not going to ward off evil spirits. In fact, it's going to bind me to them more than it's going to ward them off of me. These things have no power in themselves to break anything off my life, and yet people put their hope and their trust in them, thinking that these things are going to provide for them what they're looking for. See, the reality is there's only one who can break any curse in your life. And not only can he break the curse, he can take the curse and make it a blessing. There's only one that can do that, and his name is Jesus. Only Jesus can do that. 
See, we, when we've read all about these other things that people do to try to break a curse or bad luck or whatever they, you want to call it, none of these things have power to break anything, let alone turn that negative thing into a positive thing for your life. As I was reading these articles and looking on websites about breaking curses, all of them only said this is how you could probably break it, but none of them said this is going to be turned into a blessing for you. But yet when I look at Scripture, God tells us through his word that I can take any curse and make it a blessing. And as I was reading through Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 5, I see Moses, he's recapping to this new generation who's going to walk into their promised land, and he's telling them about all of their history, and in verse 5, he's telling them, look, there was a time when these people called the Moabites and the Ammonites, they, want, they hired this, this person, this soothsayer, to come and speak a curse over us. His name was Balaam. And he began to try to speak a curse, but every time he tried to curse us, God caused him to bless us. Every time there was a curse that tried to come out of his mouth, God turned it into a blessing. Every time that the enemy tried to, tried to distort our understanding of who God is and the blessing he had for us, God turned it around for our favor. That's what he says in verse 5 of chapter 23 of Deuteronomy. But the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam. Instead, the Lord your God turned the curse, come on, turned the curse into a blessing for you. Why? Because the Lord your God loves you. God loves you this morning. And whatever curse or situation or struggle you might be facing, God's here today to tell you I love you. And whatever you're facing today, I can turn it around in a moment to be a blessing for you because I love you. See, the people of Moab and Ammon, they wanted to curse the people of God. They didn't want them to prosper and they didn't want them to walk into their promise. But God said, I've got other plans. I've got other plans. And only God can do that. Only God can do it. God not only turned Balaam's curse into a blessing in that moment, but as he was speaking in, that, in, in, in its historical context, Moses was saying, this is what God did for us then. But we now know uh, that God also is doing that for us today. Because he did it uh, against the greatest curse that humanity and all of creation would ever face, and the curse of sin. God said, I will take this curse of sin, and I will cause it to be a blessing for you. That, that's, that's for us today. That the curse of sin that binds us and, des and destroys us and breaks us, he says, I will, I will twist it. And I will turn it and cause it to be a blessing for you. And this is how he did it. If you're taking notes this morning, point one is this. He, meaning Jesus, became the curse so that you could be the blessed. He became the curse so you could walk in his blessing. In fact, just two chapters before Deuteronomy 23 where Moses says, and he's reminding the people God turned the curse into a blessing, he says in chapter 20, 21, Verses 22 and 23, he says something that seems like a random fact that if you read before and after, you're like, I don't know why he added that in there, but it makes sense when it's connected to chapter 23. He says this, if a man has committed a, cr a crime punishable by death and you put him to death and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day for a hanged man is cursed by God. He says this, this verse that, that Moses seems to put in there by happenstance is connected to chapter 23 about God turning a curse into a blessing and he's pointing ahead to Jesus. The one who would hang on a tree for us. The tree called the cross of Calvary. He's saying, look, this man who, who committed no crime and yet we still punished him for a crime that we committed, he took our punishment. He became the curse so that we could walk in his blessing. 
Over these last several weeks, we've talked about the law of God as we've reviewed the first five chapters of the uh, five books of the Bible. And we continue to see how the law pointed out our sinfulness and God's perfection. It continued to point, point out that we could never achieve perfection because God was so perfect and we were so broken. But the law represented what God required for us to be in relationship with him. And last week I talked about even though we could not do it, Jesus came and fulfilled it all. He did what we could not do. And then Paul, the apostle, as he writes in Galatians chapter 3, he speaks, and he, he speaks about this in verse 10. He says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be anyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. He's saying here, there, there's the, the, all the law, the law is perfect. But if you can't live up to that perfection, you're still cursed by sin. If you, if you do nine of the Ten Commandments, but you break the Tenth Commandment, you've broken all the commandments. You broke the law. Right? So if you're, for example, if you're in your car and you're obeying, uh, you know, you're using your turn signal and you have your seatbelt on and you're being safe, but you're driving 120 miles an hour and a cop pulls you over, you can't be like, whoa, wearing my seatbelt. I had my turn signal on. I put my lights on dim when other cars were coming. I was being very thoughtful. It's like, yes, but you broke this law, so you broke the law. And Paul's saying here, look, uh, the law could not make us perfect. It only showed our imperfection. It showed how much we needed a Savior. It, it showed us how, how broken and fragile we are. But it points to the one who is perfect and who fulfilled it all. And in verse 20, uh, in verse, uh, in verse 11, sorry, Paul says, he continues and says, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. He's saying it's not the law that makes us justified, it's our faith in him. He says, but the law is not by faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. So Christ redeemed us. From the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. We just read that. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. See, Jesus became our curse so that we could walk in his blessing. Jesus became the curse for us so that we could walk with his Holy Spirit. So that we could have everlasting life. What we could not earn for ourselves or achieve for ourselves, Jesus stepped in and did it for us. He became the curse so you would not be cursed. He gave you his blessing at the cross. Point number two is this. The blessing is always greater than the curse. Come on, will somebody say amen to that? The blessing of Jesus is always greater than the curse that you come out of. Whatever your past is, whatever broken stuff came out of your family, whatever broken stuff that you've done, whatever jacked up stuff, the curse that would try to attach itself to you, the blessing of Jesus is greater than any mistake or sin of your past or your family's past or anything before you or after you. His blessing is always greater than the curse. His blessing is always greater. Thank you, Jesus. The blessing of Christ is always better than the curse of our past. If you're taking notes, write that down. The blessing of Christ is always greater than the curse of my past. 
the curse of my sin that I chose to commit, the sins of my fathers and the fathers before them, our brokenness, his blessing is always better and greater. So whatever you might be going through this morning, whatever you've been going through this week, his blessing for you is better and greater than your current struggle. It's better. So whether you're, you feel like you're in a season of bad luck or you think there's somebody trying to put a hex on you, it's broken in the name of Jesus. Jesus breaks every curse off of your life. Every curse. Every struggle. Every issue. Any partnership with the devil, we break it in the name of Jesus. We apply the blood of Jesus to it. Because it's, at, it's on the cross, his blood being spilled, that he became the curse so that we would be the blessed. And he brings his blessing to you today. So when you feel like some curse is upon you, some, the enemy is trying to attack you, even the, the curse of, of your past sin that's trying to come up in your face again, remind it of the cross of Jesus Christ. Saying, hey, you have no power over me anymore. You've been broken. You have no authority over me anymore. You've been broken. You have no say in my life anymore. You've been broken. He became the curse so that I could be the blessing. So I could walk in blessing. So I could walk in freedom. So I could walk in joy. So I could walk in peace. These are the blessings that he brings me. I can walk in new life. I can walk in freedom. His blessing breaks the curse. His blessing is always greater than the curse. We need to tell the, the devil sometimes, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood speaks a better word to my life. It says I'm free. It says I'm whole. It says I'm restored. It says I'm forgiven. It says I'm loved. He loved me so much that he turned the curse into a blessing. Some of us need to be reminded that we're set free from the curse of sin and shame. So the enemy, there's some stuff that happened in our past that we're, if we could go back in the past, there'd be so many things that we changed, so many things. But sometimes we dwell on those things and it becomes, it becomes shame in us. We look at our past and the past mistakes that we did and we look at what we did and we say that we're the things that we used to do. See, the difference between guilt and shame is this. Guilt says I did something wrong. Shame, shame says I am wrong. Guilt says I did something bad. Shame says I am bad. But you're free from that now in the name of Jesus because he makes all things new. And none of us are good without Christ, but in Christ we are a new creation. And he calls us good and he calls us righteous and he calls us holy. So be, broke, be free from the chains of shame and sin in your life because Jesus became the curse for you. So stop cursing yourself because he's blessed you. Because he loves you. I just want to say this real quick. Some of us, we're trying to walk in freedom, and yet we, we still feel bound. And it's as if, and I had this mental picture, it's as if we're in a prison cell. We feel bound. We feel like there's no hope. Even the shackles are around our wrists, and we think, I'm bound up still. I'm, still. I'm still bound to this. I don't have freedom. I don't have freedom of choice. I can't stop what I'm doing. But the Lord would say to us this, this day, I kicked open the door of that prison cell for you. I broke those chains that bind you. 
All you need to do is walk out the door. Walk in the freedom I paid for. Walk in the promise that I bought for you. Walk in the freedom. You have freedom now. That thing that bound you, when we were dead in sin, that means we, sin was our master. What sin told us to do, we had to do it. But now we have a new master. His name is Jesus, and he allows us to choose him every day. I choose to do what Jesus calls me to do. I choose to love. I choose to serve. I, cho- I choose to give. I choose to seek after him. I have a choice now. I'm no longer bound by sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a slave to Jesus. He's my master. I listen to him now. Some of us need to be reminded the door has been kicked open. Just walk in freedom. Walk in new life today. And one thing that I also want to help us remember is that we don't want to put our things, our hope in lesser things. To break any type of thing off of our life, any type of curse, any type of anxiety, any type of bad luck. We're not going to put our hope in the lesser things when we have the greater thing, Jesus. As the Lord spoke to us today through tongues and interpretation, put your trust in me, not in the things of this world. Put your trust in me. See, sometimes when we do these other things and new age religion starts creeping in, they think they tell you, you got to have a crystal. You rub that crystal and your anxiety goes away. I don't need to put my hope in a crystal. I put my hope in, in Jesus, the one who made that crystal, the one who made that rock. I put my trust in him. I don't need the lesser thing. I don't need an egg under my bed. I don't need that KFC in my stomach. I don't need those herbs and spices. I have Jesus. I don't need the lesser when I have the greater. See, Jesus is the one who can break every curse. I need healing in my body. I'm having nightmares. I put my hope in Jesus. I turn to Jesus. I don't need a couple dozen eggs. I don't need an ostrich egg. I don't know. I need Jesus. I need him. I, I, don't, I don't need an ugly doll. I need Jesus. I don't need something around my neck or an amulet or a wrist or something to ward off things. I have Jesus. He's in my heart. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. I've got him. I don't want to cheapen what Christ did for me by relying on a rock or an egg or a crystal. I don't need those things. I have Jesus. See, and our world needs to hear this. Because they're looking for a solution to the issues they're facing. They're looking for a solution for the stress they have and the anxiety and the worry. When you can go to some boutique and they're saying, rub this crystal and your anxiety will go away. And the line is out down the street wanting to touch some crystal when they need to find Jesus and touch him and allow him to touch his, their lives. They need Jesus. And we need to be people who say, hey, you don't need a crystal. I know the one who lives inside. I know the one who can set you free. I know the one, you can reach out and touch him at any moment, and he'll bring healing to you. You have access to him 24-7. The world is looking for an answer, and we have it. His name is Jesus. See, it's the same reason why we don't go to psychics or palm readers or look at our horoscope to tell us a future uh, that Jesus is creating for us. I don't need a, the horoscope to tell me how, what kind of day I'm going to have when I know the one who holds my tomorrow. I don't need to go to a palm reader to tell me what these lines mean when I can talk to the one who made my palm. I have access to him. You have access to him. He wants to speak to you. In fact, he is speaking to you. All we need to do is listen. He's speaking now. Even now, he's speaking. So not, let's not seek after the lesser when we have the greater. Let's not put our trust in anything in this world when we can look to the one who created the world. I don't need it. 
I don't need a psychic to tell me I had a grandma with her name started with a D. Like, good job. I knew that already. I don't, need, I don't need cheaper things or lesser things. And sometimes we get fooled by it because the enemy is saying, hey, maybe I'll throw a little something out there. Maybe it'll grab their attention and maybe they'll put their hope in this thing instead of the one who, who really deserves it. Maybe they'll put their trust in this thing instead of Jesus. Maybe they'll look to this thing for an answer or a solution instead of Jesus. Maybe they'll buy that crystal and they'll have a little reprieve and a little relief and they'll think it's working. But really, I'm just trying to fool them. So they don't look to Jesus. That we would not be those kind of people who are so duped. And we would not allow our neighbors and our friends to believe a lie that diminishes the greatness of what Jesus did for us on the cross. He became the curse so that we could be the blessing. So that we could walk in new life. We could have his spirit live inside of us. So he breaks every curse off of us. We don't want to cheapen it. We want to live for him. We turn to him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that we have direct access to him, that his spirit is in us. Any moment, any time, any day, we can talk to him. We can seek his face. And he is not far from us. He is close. He's closer to a bro- than a brother. He's, he's closer to you right now. And the fact is, the amount of God you want in your life, you, you have as much God in your life as you want. You want more of him? Ask him. Make time for him. Just like you want to better your relationship with your spouse or a friend, you invest time. You invest energy. Come on, babe, you know what I'm talking about? You invest that time. You make a date. And some of y'all need to make a date with Jesus. Do not say, I'm dating Jesus. That's a whole other thing. Please, women, do not do that. (laughs) I'm not even going to go into that. But some of us need to make a date with Jesus. We need to say, God, how does two hours on a Thursday sound to you? Let's hang out. Let's be together. Let me, let me know, let me learn about you. Let me feel your presence. Let me worship you. Let's, let's create some time to know his voice and deepen our relationship because he is speaking to you. We just need to help our ears be open. He did all these things for us. So whatever you're facing today, if you're, you're wrestling with issues and struggles or uh, there's anxiety or there's worry or there's financial stress or there's uh, broken relationships, don't look to the lesser thing. Look to Jesus. Maybe if you're even de- dealing with loneliness, the, uh, uh, some relationship with some woman or some man is not going to solve the issue of your loneliness. Look to Jesus. He can fill the, the holes that you're so desperately wanting to be filled. He, Jesus is the solution to the curse of loneliness. He, he's there for you. He's there for you. So don't settle for the lesser when you have the greater. His name is Jesus. If the worship team would come, we're going to close our time this morning. We serve a great God who does amazing things, wonderful things. He became a curse so that we could walk in freedom. He broke every curse of the enemy. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you. Oh, we're grateful. This morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, The simple reality is this, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the Bible is very clear that you're still under the curse of sin. Sin is still your master. Sin is still bound you up. Maybe you feel like, I don't feel bound up. But if you try to do something other 
from the sin that you're committing, you're going to realize you're still a slave to it. You've not been found, brought into new life, but Jesus is here today to give you new life, new freedom. He came to give you abundant life, life filled to the brim with his goodness, with his love, with his mercy, with his joy, with his peace. He came to give it to you today. And the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. I don't know what tomorrow holds for you. I don't know what's going to happen down the road for you or what's going to happen next week, but I know today is your opportunity if you don't have a relationship with Jesus to not delay, don't wait. Give your heart to him. He paid it all for you. He took the punishment you deserve for a crime that you committed, not us and not him. We committed the crime. He paid the price. He became the curse so that we could become his blessing. So if that's you this morning, either here in the house or online, and you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and make a comment, I want Jesus. We'll pray with you. With every head bowed, every eye closed right now. One, today is your day of salvation. Two, don't, delay, don't wait, don't delay. Right now, surrender your heart to him. Three, right now, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to walk in this freedom you talk about. I want to walk in the blessing that he paid for. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church,